Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! That's got us all aglow. He's just a man and not a free. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. Joe, Joe DiMaggio. We want you and I. He tied the mark at 44, July the 1st, you know. Since then, he's hit a good 12 more. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. So, wait, is this a Grobber song, Sean Sears? Why did I have to let this song play a little bit? Is it Was this a you? Was this a request on the text line? What's going on here? No, I figured uh, we were going to talk some baseball, and I uh, was looking for baseball songs and found this. And the only reason okay. I know this song is because they played it at the end of a Seinfeld episode when Kramer saw, apparently saw Joe DiMaggio and Dinky Donuts. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I don't that's, remember that episode. That's, this is okay. the only reason I know that song. But I was like, ah, right, this is a baseball song, so I figured play. All right, oh, no, perfect. I just thought that maybe this that was like a Les Grobstein song, or because I knew I, I know somebody had texted about requesting you play some baseball songs earlier. So oh, really? I, I didn't even that see that. But yeah, no, I yeah. Uh, I've been obviously I'm, I'm I'm producing hit and run, so I've been trying to get some more baseball songs in here because um, we don't have a ton. But uh, less is a treasure trove for uh, things that have multi-purpose in terms oh, of songs absolutely. and whatnot. So. Oh, yeah, no. Grabber always had some song I'd never heard oh, yeah. about, you know, like about a you know about a city, like a city name. Like he had a city name song for every opponent oh, the Bears, Cubs, Blackhawks, Sox played. So. I'll have to – I don't know Bears. if he ever gave you his version of the uh, <laughs> the Cars for Kids song. Oh, no, no. What it's not that? radio. It's not radio friendly, but it's uh, <laughs> it was very funny. Not. He told it to me like the second night I worked, and he's like, More yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, want to hear my version of this song? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who. I really don't know who you are other than like you recorded the Lee Elia rant, but this is amazing. Yeah. I Dirty. Dirty little secret about Les Grobstein. Like, the man had some crudeness to him. The man, like, some of his jokes and off the air and stuff like that, it could go a little bit on the crude side for sure. 
But that, again, it's all part of the Grobber package, which we absolutely adored and loved for as many years as we did here on Score Overnight. I am Mark Grody. I am here with you until 5 a.m. this morning when it will be the Mully and Haw Show. They will have the 5 at 5 at 520, the pick 6 at 620. Mark Canazaro from the New York Post will be live from the Masters, so maybe get an update on what's going down with Tiger Woods. 722, Casey Johnson on the Bulls. Joe Ostrowski, Joe O, will be on at 742. And then at 843, Chris Chelios, the former Chicago Blackhawks great, will all be on the show. Um, you are welcome to be on the show at any time. 312-644-6767 is the number. And I just getting catching up on a few text messages. One of those is, how is Dave the cat? And it's actually a good question. I have an interesting answer this time. Um, Dave the cat has had a crash landing. So, if oh no, yeah, yeah. There's been a there's there was an accident. Dave's okay. Dave is completely okay. That's good. Is, That's good. I is, was concerned. Is my television okay? And the question and the answer to that is no. My oh no. <laughs> is now destroyed. If you Are you a cat owner, Sean? Or have you ever been a cat owner in your life? So you know I, I don't have a cat now, but I grew up with one. Okay, then maybe you know this, and the cat owners, you will know this, and if you're not, then you're going to get a quick education on something about cats. Did he, like, smack the TV trying well, to chase yeah. after something? Well, no, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Um, you know, he's done that before, but it's always in a very gentle, curious way when he does that. But cats have a tendency to all of a sudden just get completely wild and rambunctious and start sprinting and running about the house. Like, they just get crazy, and it's like they're, they they play with stuff. And like, you're not with, like, I'll be laying in bed, and I'll just hear this, this thunderous storm of cat, Dave, running about the place and having fun. And cats do this because it's leftover energy, especially house cats, because they, they've got pent-up energy. And they, you know, normally in, in the wild, instinctually, the cats are hunters at night, and they're out, and they're expending energy but not the house cat. So once in a while, they'll, they'll just get crazy. They'll just start running all over the place. And, um, you know, and sometimes when Dave does it, he'll, he'll knock like a cup over or something. You know, there is a cat proofing that goes on in this house just to prepare for those moments. And he had an episode. <laughs> and he, one of his favorite, another thing about cats is cats dig high places they like to be perched they, they feel safe when they're up high and they could scan everything so there is a spot in my place like a like there's a ledge above the tv that is very close to my ceiling and dave it's a pretty a, a marvelous athletic feat he'll jump from the the tv table up to this ledge and it's a pretty high jump I, i've got i've got video evidence that I, maybe i'll put up on twitter but he, he'll jump up there, and he'll, and he'll just hang out, and he'll, he'll sleep up there, and it's totally cool. I've had this cat for five years and never had an issue with it. But Dave was going through one of his cray-cray periods where he was just running all over the place. Picture the old Tasmanian devil. It's like that. It's just this, just get out of the way. Get out of the way. Meow. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a cat coming through. So, but he jumped up there, and but, but... He was all crazy, and it's like walking a tightrope up there. Like you got to have, you got to be diligent. And he fell from up there, and so on the way down, the only thing that was stopping him from completely crash landing on my floor, and he probably would have been fine because it's not that high. But he took the TV with him, and my big flat screen television fell f like direct hit on the screen, 
just completely oh, no. crashed it. And I couldn't really tell, like, if it was, like, broken. Like, I couldn't see, like, breakage lines. So I'm, like, th- I'm just, like, praying. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, there's no bleeping way this TV survived. There's no way I'm going to turn it on and it's going to be fine. And I get the remote. I press the power button. It comes on. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then it's just all these like blue jagged lines. Yeah, I was gonna say the the <laughs> the, the, the backlight's probably shattered. Yeah, that totally, totally. Yes, the panel is gone. It's I had this happen to a computer one time too, where it's probably a similar type of screen. And I don't even know if it's glass. Is their TV still glass? I don't know. Uh, but it it just went bluey. I tell you, and I've had to. I luckily I had a another TV that is smaller here that I hooked up, but I am, uh, Dave has destroyed a television. It's a 10-year-old TV, so it was probably time to start thinking about getting a new one anyway, because I wouldn't want it to just go out on me, you know, that'd be inopportune, so I'll let the cat take, and this, by the way, this happened at about 7 in the morning, so it was not, not, uh, it was very, (laughs) very disruptive, and you know how, like, when something big happens like that, and... You know it's going to be something you got to have to deal with, and you're just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that right now. I know that when I wake up, first thing I'm going to have to do is buy a new TV or find a new TV. But for now, I'm going to just kind of leave everything the way it is. The cat's okay. He's just as freaked out by this incident as not, but he's fine. He's not hurt. And uh, so that's the really important part to this kid. All I can say is meow. If the cat is okay. So I'm glad you asked. Thank you to the 847 texter. That's how Dave the Cat is. And right now, Dave the Cat has just again settled in to the suitcase. So he is up. He is with us. He's not hiding from me at this moment. But that will come soon. 312-644-6767 is the number here on Score Overnight. The caller before we went to the break brought up an interesting point about how the Cubs, you know, th- that he was happy about it, that the Cubs sort of sold out to win a World Series. They built up, and not like other teams have, where they bought everything. I mean, they, they Cubs built that, that World Series team from within. And obviously – from with help from the outside too, with with guys like, you know, John Lester and Jake Arrieta, even Kyle Hendricks, and eventually a role as Chapman and you know, whomever else they brought in. But you know what I mean? They built it with a core of young players. What's important to me to always get across about these Cubs is that it it probably did end to or earlier than I thought it would in terms of their sustained success. We'll just leave it at that. But they did win the damn World Series. They won the World Series. And that was the goal, and they did it. No, they didn't. Like Some people think that they should have gotten two, and, I mean, that's fine. I don't mind you shooting for the stars. But they got out of that era uh, what they needed and what they wanted, and that was to win the World Series. And they did it the right way in terms of building from the farm system. They had a plan that worked. That plan no longer works, That that the idea of just getting guys who crush the ball. Now it's more they're trending towards, at least trying to trend towards more of a, a contact style of baseball and then pitching is pitching. So it's I, I just always am 
I guess, relieved that the Cubs won it in 2016. Because if they hadn't, then it's just it's more of the same crap. And but they did, they, and they they won in 2015. They got to the NLCS. They won it all in 2017. They're 2016. They they got to the NLCS in 2017 as well. And then there there's the fadeaway, and and it was very very upsetting at times, and it was very frustrating, and you know where we all expected more or wanted more from this era of Cubs baseball, but it was pretty damn good, and they won the World Series. Now they've got to figure out how to get to the next one. And, you know, it, it's it's good that they still have, you know, one of the architects of the previous regime in Jed Hoyer because you know that, you know, you know that he is – down with possibly changing their philosophical views on how to get there and what they need to do, grow grow a little bit more pitching, get a little more contact, and then hopefully open back up the pocketbook and start getting some real players in here. And that's not going to happen this year for the Cubs unless they pull off some surprise party at the trade deadline because they're competing, which I just don't expect them to be. I mean, there's just not a lot of evidence to suggest to be like, oh, yeah, I'm expecting a career year from Jason Hayward. You know, it's just it's very difficult to, you know, predict something like that based on the evidence that that exists here with the Cubs. And the evidence says that, you know, the the Cubs are just not going to be a I, I don't think that they're going to be and I guess I'm giving a little something away in my picture. I don't think that they are as bad or even as close to as a bad shape as the Pittsburgh Pirates or even the Cincinnati Reds at this point. But it's they they just don't they don't have the roster that they want right now. It's kind of like the Bears. I talked about that yesterday. It's like, yeah, they're, they're they've got players. They can fill a roster. Um, maybe not the Bears yet, but the Cubs have enough guys and they've got some interesting players and Schwindel and Wisdom and maybe you know Rafael Ortega puts on a show. Maybe maybe. Horner shows us he's a player. Maybe Madrigal is. I'm very curious about Seiya Suzuki. So there's stuff. It's just not the the winning stuff. I brought up Jason Hayward. And, you know, Jason Hayward always here for two more years. He does have two more years left on his contract. I thought this was really interesting. I was reading this the other day about Jason Hayward. And it was an article in the Chicago Tribune by Megan Montemurro. And... She said, this is what she wrote. She wrote, the the headline is, or the subhead, the Jason Hayward dilemma is not going away. Hayward's place in Cubs history is cemented after the rain delay speech. Teammates during Game 7 of the 2016 World Series served as a precursor to ending the 108-year title drought, but the sides appear poised for an awkward uncoupling, Montemurro writes. She goes on to write, for now, Hayward is the starting center fielder. And while there shouldn't be too much stock put into spring training performances, going two for 21 with 10 strikeouts entering Monday and two misplays in his new position do not help. If Hayward wasn't the type of veteran leader and clubhouse presence the Cubs need, it might be easier for the organization to move on. I'll stop right there. Uh, part of that is it's not the – I. I don't think it's the clubhouse presence that has kept Jason Hayward in a Cubs uniform. I know they like it. I know it's real from seeing it and being around him. 
they just haven't had a proper trade partner or somebody who would be willing to take on the never-ending contract that whose production has not associated well with the numbers or the money that he was given. So I'm positive the Cubs have probably tried to trade Jason Hayward somewhere along the line. I mean, what, they didn't? They wanted to trade Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez, but no, we got to have the guy who gave the speech at the World Series because he's a good influence on the clubhouse. Those are all true things, but at this point, he's not being kept around for for that reason. Um, Megan goes on to write, Surely there is a breaking point. However, when it no longer makes sense on any level, that eventually happened last year with fellow World Series champion Jake Arrieta. The Cubs will pay Hayward the remaining $44 million of the final two years of his contract, regardless of how many more at-bats he gets in a Cubs uniform. Right. He's full-time, man. <laughs> you know? Um, last paragraph here. In both the short and long term, Hayward doesn't fit, writes Megan Montemaro of the Chicago Tribune. The Cubs need to find out what they have in 27-year-old outfielders Clint Frazier and Michael Hermosillo this year and determine whether they could be pieces moving forward. I'll stop right there and say, I don't think that Clint Frazier and Michael Hermosillo are going to be pieces going forward. <laughs> I, li- I, I, I like the Michael Hermosillo story, and he did some interesting stuff last year. Go, Michael. But I don't know that we have to worry about that. Megan goes on to write, Rafael Ortega also deserves at-bats after he crushed right-handers last year. Frazier, in particular, is intriguing because he could be under team control through 2024 thanks to two more arbitration years. Hayward playing well in April would at least delay a tough decision. Again, that's Megan Montemurro writing very well about uh, Jason Hayward and the complications that exist. I would argue that these complications have existed the last three years with Jason Hayward. And he's had some moments, for sure, you know, some nice moments and some nice halves of seasons, but he has come nowhere close to living up to what he was supposed to be. And, you know, like I, like, again, it's hard to get an idea of, and hey, these guys all deserve chance. They're going to have chances, Rafael Ortega and Clint Frazier and Michael Hermosillo and on and on and on, they're all going to have chances to impress the bosses. But I don't think that they're putting these guys in because they really want to get a look at their future, like Rafael Ortega, who, who you're, like pretty much hits the ball hard every time he comes up, it seems like. But I don't think – I mean, I think that they are players on a roster that are better than what they put on the field back in, you know, 12 and 13, like where they knew it was just a joke. You know, there's Nate Sheerholtz, ladies and gentlemen. He's your right fielder. So, but I think that th- these guys are you know, step up from that. But I don't know that there's actually a real look going on with with these guys. Even, you know, m- maybe not as much with Schwindel and, and Wisdom. Maybe they're getting a, a more real look. But even those guys, in a year that is some sort of transition year to better things. It's about filling a roster. And some of these guys, of course, some of these guys are going to be around. Seiya Suzuki will be around. Uh, Marcus Stroman will be around. Who knows? Wilson Contreras? I mean, he, he w- he'll he be in the lineup if they don't trade him. That's for sure. I mean, he's definitely part of this this core. I would imagine Nick Madrigal will continue to be 
around or at least, you know, you circle him is, yeah, I think he might be part of the core. Maybe, maybe. But beyond that, those four or five guys that I just mentioned, you know, a lot of this just feels like filler. And then there's Ian Happ, too. I haven't even mentioned him. You know, maybe Happ is better this year and, like, picks up where he left off at the end of last year. I mean, that is that is possible. He, you know, he's getting he's 27 years old these days. But, hey, Rick Sutcliffe predicted that he will be a an all-star this year. Um, 312-644-6767. CBS begging for Tiger to play and make the cut would increase ratings 40 to 50% big money at stake. Of course there is. Of course there. Everybody knows that. It's out there in the open. Everybody knows what a boost Tiger Woods is. They saw the the galleries watching him practice and he'll practice again later on today. It's it is like Tiger's popularity is higher than it ever was. I think some of the people that didn't like Tiger Woods now like Tiger Woods. We always like people better. That hu- the humility occurs as we get older, and fans sense that, and that's what it is with Tiger Woods. And he, his popularity is right now is off the charts. I mean, this guy could have been dead or had his leg amputated. So we'll see. I, I, I'm like everybody else, man. I hope Tiger Woods plays in the Masters. 312-644-6767. More of your calls are coming up. We'll talk more about the Bulls and their loss to the Bucks and what it means and their playoff clinch that did go down last night. We will get into that. We'll keep the baseball talk hot because we're going to do our baseball picks later. So tons to do here on Score Overnight until 5 a.m. on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. I haven't seen him throw, but last year, as they said, an average league average pitcher, 100 ERA+. plus. So, I mean, he's clearly the best guy left on the board. You know, I know some contending teams weren't looking at him for whatever reason. He got mostly offers from uh, non-contenders, and uh, he waited for someone who was going to be a, a contender and took that, which I think that's a good sign. I mean, he's a great competitor. You know, if he's about as good as he was last year, that that should work. I'm um, still in his mid-30s, not as old as 30, so I definitely worth the risk, in my opinion. I would agree with John Heyman, who was on the Molly and Haw show this morning on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I like it. You know, I mean, Johnny Cueto just sitting there. He's available. I'm sure he was on a lot of teams' potential depth list in case of emergency break the Johnny Cueto glass and give him a try because he's been a really good pitcher throughout his career as a former all-star. He's not had a great last four years, but it's, you know, it's a minor league deal. Get him in here, throw him in there, give him a start or two and see what he's got. And if he's got nothing, say goodbye. And if he's good, then maybe you got something. You know what I mean? Like something like it's sort of like last year with the White Sox. Didn't think you had anything in your mean Mercedes. He gave you a little boost for a while. Hey, Billy Hamilton, how about that? I mean, kind of felt like he was just going to bounce from team to team to team to team every year within the year. And then he ended up helping those guys. So, yeah, and the Sox need it with Lance Lynn down for right now. Welcome back into Score Overnight. I'm Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Speaking of the Sockos today, they beat the Padres 9-6. to What in the Michael Kopech was going on? Kopech today walked four over his two innings. Was he working on his walks? Two innings, two runs, two hits, 
and four walks. Eh, it's getting a little too close to the real stuff for me to really just kind of gloss over Michael Kopech's four walks and, and the one strikeout. Leary Garcia homered as well. But the real stuff's coming, man. The White Sox opened their season on Friday at Detroit, and their first three up, Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech. So I, I, I have to be honest with you. Like I'm really, really looking forward to seeing the Kopech start. As, as, as much volatility there always is around him, it's going to be really interesting to see, man, because like, that solves a lot of your issues if Kopech is actually good this year. And, like, I mean, I can handle Dylan Cease being sort of like that flaky third starter who should be higher up in the great stuff, and that's it. Like, I could deal with that then. I could deal with a little bit of up and down from Dallas Keuchel. Like, if Michael Kopech is kind of like what people – that projected him to be initially, like if he shows some dominance and it gives you that, man, that solves what are definitely a lot of issues right now that the White Sox are dealing with. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Tom in Hoffman Estates. Tom, thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Hello, Tom. Tom? You there? Tom. There you go, Tom. You're on the score now. I knew you were there. Okay, uh, let's talk some Cubs baseball. Tomorrow's the opener. That's right. I mean, Cubs uh, and the Cubs and the crew. Do you feel that? Uh, well, I feel that they're going to be minimum around five hundred, and I really think that they're going to be competitive. I really like some of the acquisitions they picked up for the bullpen that we got back. Like Chavez was one. Yeah, I like Chavez was when he was here with the Cubs in what 2018. He was really good, and I was I was kind of upset that he left. I thought he was going to stick around for a couple more years, but no, I think Chavez is a nice addition to the Cubs bullpen. And then Keegan Thompson, I mean, uh, you know, he he shows me a lot of uh, promise. You know, he's out of that SEC, which you know that's a great baseball college conference. That's where David Ross is from. Yeah. You know, so I think the Cubs are sitting in the catbird seat because defensively we got some players. Now we got some starting pitchers to eat up the innings, Mark. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I would agree with – go so far as to say the Cubs are in the catbird seats at this point. Um, well, they, the reason there why are... that I say that – the reason why I say that is I feel Milwaukee got weaker. And St. Louis was a surprise last year. They came on strong at the end. Now, we're going to be in contention the way I see it. The Dodgers are in town uh, on uh, Kentucky Derby Day. So, I mean, that's May. So we're going to be, you know, that's our one trip with them. So we got a lot to look forward to, Mark. The rain ain't going to help us. Well, I think that the top three in the Brewers starting staff is will make them better than the Cubs. But until further notice, 
Milwaukee is not a particularly good hitting team unless Christian Yelich gets something back. So I do think that they're gonna they're not gonna be as good like they won the division last year. I don't think that that's gonna happen. I, I do think that St. Louis is probably the best team in the division. So maybe the Cubs, you know, somewhere in that three spot for the Cubs this year. They're better than Pittsburgh. They're better than Cincinnati. But I don't think that they are yet. But I mean, you got three studs, and in, in with Milwaukee, with Burnson, Woodruff, and and Peralta. I mean, these are, these are big. Well, one of whom won the, won the Cy Young last year. So I mean, we're talking about. And then God, I mean, people forget about St. Louis last year. They won seventeen in a row to end the season, and they got that team back. Well, that's you know, and the thing about it is, is remember, they did that without the race, as far as I'm concerned. They did that without the the guy. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, the guy uh, Carpenter's the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, Matt Carpenter. You talking about? What did Matt Carpenter yeah. do? I know, and I'm they not did sure. that without him, but they were hitting at the end, uh, Mark. You know, oh I yeah, they were hitting. They were pitching, and 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 guess what? Adam Wainwright's still a St. Louis Cardinal. Well, and you know what? That's why they won the more World Series in the Midwest than anybody. <laughs> yeah, they sure have, haven't they? Damn Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, that's the one good thing about being a Cub fan. I mean, when they do win, you know you got by the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why, honestly, that's part of why 2015 was so sweet for the Cubs. Like, they, they overcame that burden in their lives, in their collective lives, when they – you know, they they beat Pittsburgh in the wild card game and uh oh, here come the Cardinals who won the division that year and the Cubs handled them. Handled them and uh, the tide changed temporarily. <laughs> so well, here we go. Well, yeah, isn't that the truth? That's the way it was too. But uh you know, I mean, which one do you think will outdraw, Mark? Do you think the Cubs will outdraw the Sox? Or do you think the Sox will outdraw the Cubs? I think the Cubs will outdraw the White Sox. I mean, that's an easy prediction to make, and I'm not trying to get into an attendance war, but that's just typical. I mean, I I think that, honestly, it's a good question, though, because just attendance in general, I think this year could be a tremendous, like in all of baseball, it could be. That's why I was so pissed off about the lockout and the possibility of some of the season get wiped out because people are so, oh, my God, people, because of the pandemic, and just with the natural, beautiful weather of the summer around our country, people have been dying to get outside and go and do any. So baseball is in the wheelhouse of just coming out of the pandemic. So I think the ballparks will both get – like I think there will be more activity at guaranteed rate field than there's been in past years. And we know that sometimes it's tough to get decent attendance out there on a consistent basis. So I think both ballparks are going to be popping this year, even even with the Cubs with you know the, the year – the average year they're probably going to have as currently constructed. I do think that this is going to be a really good baseball attendance year throughout the entire league, I think. I sure hope you're right, Mark, because I enjoy baseball, especially if the weather's cooperated. I mean, we got two excellent teams. And, you know, the White Sox look better on paper, but they got their question marks, too. Yeah, you know, yeah for I mean, sure. Every team does. You know, every team does. There are no perfect teams in baseball. And it's like it, everybody's got like that spot on their team that could be tightened up. And, you know, the, for the White Sox, it's been right field. And so maybe now A.J. Pollock takes over that job. But the, the Sox, even before they lost Lance Lynn, their pitching, their starting pitching was not as strong on paper as it was last year. 
Correct. Well, you know, I mean, I think they got a little surprised. Maybe he was just a, a little wild, yes, well, yesterday, Kopech. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they're counting on him to, to give them something. I'm sure of it. And I think Dylan Cease is the real deal. Okay. I mean, when the Cubs let him go, I didn't want to see him go. No, I didn't. I Hey, I liked Aloy with the Cubs, too, if you're looking at it from a Cubs perspective. Nobody wanted to lose Aloy Jimenez, and, and you know, Dylan Cease was an upper-and-comer as well. So I, I remember being down there doing spring training games and being in the Cubs locker room and meeting Aloy Jimenez, who was just kind of in his own little world at that point because he was he was like the next wave for the Cubs. And right. it turns out he didn't get to be the next wave. He got to be a big trade chip. Well, you know, that's the way things work sometimes. But, uh, you know, I, I we, well, we were loaded out there in the outfield at that time. I don't think he really got a fair chance. It was just the numbers. No, no, it was a total yeah. numbers game. Yeah, he was blocked. I mean, it, it was understandable, you know, and, and – you know, at, when the trade went down for Jose Quintana, you you could at that time. I mean, the Cubs clearly lost the trade, but at the time, you could you could have said, "All right, this is the Cubs can't use Aloy Jimenez." They probably could have used Dylan Cease, but at the time, they they were very well taken care of in their outfield. There was no room for Aloy Jimenez to develop on that team. So it at the time, it felt like you're getting a number felt like a number two starter in Jose Quintana. Now we know that in Quintana's time with the Cubs, that he was a I don't want to say bust, but he certainly didn't come close to living up to that trade. Well, I agree. You know, I mean, that's the one thing that I think is imperative for the Cubs to have any success is they're going to have to have some dominant left-handed pitching just to turn these batters around that are switch hitters. You know, because I really feel that's, you know, the key to the Cubs' success is that, you know, they get some good left-handed pitching, find it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but we got to find it. <laughs> yeah, go, go get it. Go find it. So, well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate the call. It's always, always great to hear well, from Mark, you, Tom. you're doing yeah. a great job there, and I'm going to tell you something, though. I think we got a lot to look forward to. The Sox should win on Friday in Detroit, too. I hope you're right, man. I hope it's a, I hope it's a great summer. I really do. I hope it's great for both teams. And we're going to get this puppy cooking here soon, man. The Cubs with their – I love that we get to say – Use the word tomorrow. The Cubs open their season tomorrow at Wrigley Field against the Milwaukee Brewers right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score a four-game series. Kyle Hendricks, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley. How you like me now, Tom? I you sound your music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'm gonna let you go, but I appreciate you calling us all. Right. Yeah, have a good one, Mark. Yep, you too, Tom. Thank you very, very much. 312-644-6767. Yep, Cubs crew tomorrow, and the White Sox kick it off in Detroit. Uh, game just a little bit after noon on Friday, starring Lucas Giolito. So here we go, man. It's just perfect, too, because I am just at the point of being oversaturated. My brain of previewing the Cubs and ta and the Sox and trying to figure out what needs to be. Let's let's see it. Let's just see it. Yes, there's things that I would have done differently if I was the White Sox, and definitely if I was the Cubs, but let's just see it. 
Let's see what it looks like. And then we'll talk about real damn baseball games because it didn't look like we were going to be talking about them this soon based on the lockout, the work stoppage. It it looked like we we're heading for that. Now it, it is on, and I do. I am predicting really big numbers attendance in baseball this year. And a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and people. Their need. I mean, you've seen it in Chicago. Like, eat, like on the weekends, man, if you live in the city, and I'm sure that in the suburbs, too, because there's all sorts of good, like, downtowns in the suburbs, too. You, like, a weekend comes, man, and everybody is out. Like, it's it's 44 degrees, but people are like, screw it. It's The pandemic is over. At least we're not taking, we're not having to wear masks and all that kind of stuff. And people are just like, I don't care if it's 44 degrees. I am going to go downtown and walk Michigan Avenue or do whatever it is to be outside. So I, just keep an eye on, on baseball attendance this year. Wally in Las Vegas is on the score. Hello, How Wally. How are we doing? Good, Wally. What's up? I'm not sure that uh, hung up because you just answered all the questions. Because oh. if we would have kept Schwarber – the DH, all that stuff, one player, two players, and they kept the people in the stands. But right now, you know, we have Cap and uh, Jay Hay out there. It's a little tough, but <laughs> we never yeah. know what was going to happen. So, Yeah, and hey, look, I and I was talking about this earlier, Wally. Yeah, I know. They you, still – Right on point. Right. They got the most out of those guys. They used them up yeah. real good, and now they're gone, and it sucks, and it's disappointing that it, that didn't the era didn't last longer, but they won the damn World Series. They won yeah. the World that's, Series, that's right? That's all that matters. It's all but that it matters. Sucks when it's a new season, looking forward to It's like, ooh, now we have – Ian Happ and Jason Hayward. It's like, ooh. <laughs> it is. Like, there is a shock value. And that shock value shock. happened in, in uh, July of last year when the systematic letting go of some of the most popular pieces in Rizzo, Baez, and and Bryant were gone. And before that, even before the season started, it was goodbye, Kyle Schwarber, not interested in picking up the option. No thanks. Um, right. You know, so it was, it, it was already starting, but that was just – alarming but now that there is perspective on that era they got a lot out of it they got a lot out of the the theo epstein era of cubs baseball a ton so what what do you think should we just go all in and just let these kids play kind of how i'm thinking well that's what they're doing that's what they're doing yeah i mean i i would have preferred like i in general i prefer that the cubs had better players however yeah, that's what's going to happen. I mean, Schwindel's going to play. Patrick Wisdom's going to play. Nico Horner's going to play. Madrigal's going to play. Uh, Seiya Suzuki's going to play. Um, you know, Wilson Contreras is going like all these guys. Like, yes, that is what is going to happen, and it is. Like, I they don't like putting words on it, like transition year, rebuild year, but it's kind of like the, you know, Jed Hoyer is kind of like saying saying it without saying it. I mean, obviously, if right. the Cubs if the Cubs go from Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant to Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom, we all know what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? Wally? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, hey, Wally, I appreciate the call. Hope things are going great in Vegas, Thank man. You. Thank you. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, and it's time. It's just time to watch. 
and see what happens and enjoy the possibilities of, like I said, of could Schwindel and Wisdom pick up where they left off? Could Ian Happ pick up? Could there be some revelation with J- No, that's not going to happen. We're beyond. Like, we do this every year with Jason Hayward. Could this be the year? Nope, nope. Two more years left, though. So, and, and Marcus Stroman, that'll be fun to watch. So let's just we're gonna let it we're gonna let it cook for a little while. We're gonna let things actually happen. We're gonna put it in motion starting tomorrow right here on the score. 312, 644, 67, 67. I got a Bears text I'm gonna read when we come back. So we'll talk a little Bears here at the end of the hour. On Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. This is Sports Radio 670 the score, Chicago's sports station. Hope you guys are doing great. Welcome back into Score Overnight. I'm Mark Rohde. 312-644-6767 is the number. Coming up in 12 minutes from now, we are going to do, Sean Sears and I are going to do our baseball picks. We're going to go through every division, place every team, tell you where the Cubs and Sox are going to land. We'll have our World Series opponents and winners and MVPs and Cy Youngs, and we'll kick it around and debate it and talk about it. It'll be fun. It's a Les Grobstein tradition, and I am excited and jacked up to be a part of that here in just a little bit on the score. The the Bullies, good and bad from the Bulls. Another bad performance against the Bucks, where they lose. It seems like they always lose to Milwaukee 127-106, to 106, and that's what they did. The Bulls lose, but the Bulls clinched a playoff berth because Orlando beat Cleveland. So the Bulls, they're in. They're in. And even though it was presumed for a while that the Bulls would make the playoffs, the day that a team clinches, especially one that hasn't been in the playoff for five years, clinch day is always pretty cool. And so it makes you do the retrospective on the team and think about it as a collective and think about it in terms of last year sucked and this year the Bulls are in the playoffs. They're 45 and 34. Right now it is trending Boston, which interestingly enough that they would play in the first round. The Bulls are 1-19 against the top four in the East. The one win was against Boston, whom the Bulls play tonight right here on the score, 645 for the pregame with Chuck and Bill. So bad game for the Bulls. No Zach Levine last night because of the knee and some really interesting scoring things. DeRozan had 40 because he had to. Patrick Williams was good last night, 18 points, 6 rebounds. I got no issues with Williams' game from last night. Nikola Vucevic, my God, 3 of 19. However, however, we we had the, the Nikola Vucevic flagrant foul on Grace and Allen, and if we can, Sean, if we could hear the the pronun- this is great because we're going to get the Chuck and Bill call, but also we have we have you have to listen very closely to the referee because you know referees, which is still a relatively new thing, referees will get on the mic and tell you what happened. Hint, hint, baseball. Maybe try that. Just, you know, everybody knows what's happening. But the pronunciation, and Nikola Vucevic's name has been butchered in every single imaginable way. But guess what? We have a brand new butchering of the Vooch. Here's Chuck and Bill on the score from last night. Foul of Vucevic. 
I cut it for you already. Oh, you got the short version. Okay. All right, play the short version again. I was hoping for the build-up, but give me, give me the pre- Vuka. Give, give it to me again. Vudicic. Vudicic. It's close, but also not really at all. Let me play the full here for okay, you. Okay, all right. Here's the Holiday here's the full build. And Allen turns to the left. Oh, and he is sent to the floor. Oh, hold on, hold on. Foul. And oh, oh my he, goodness! He did, did he just get tossed? Wow, Grayson Allen was going to the deck, and Vooch sent him to the floor. And Vooch, whoa, whoa, whoa. has he been ejected? I don't know. I think he has, James Capers threw him out. That, see, that's wrong. Okay, let's go to Jim Capers. We have an offensive foul on Lopez and a dead ball technical foul on Bulacic. We shoot one for the technical. Chicago will get the ball out of bounds. <laughs> that's it. Ooh. Okay. Nothing. Just a technical foul. All right. Vudacic. 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 That's it. All right. It's only taken me three hours to get the name. Like, I can't even pronounce the mispronunciation. Vudacic. And, and Man, I actually feel, I feel I bad like, don't know. I don't, how do you even get that from Vud? I mean... <laughs> It's like there's no J. I don't know. There's no H. I don't it know. It could have man. been a cold read, too. Like, it, you know, it was like, right. ugh, like it's like sight reading. Okay, Maybe he's here's just the, here's trying to card. read the back of his jersey. It's like, ah, Vudicic, you know, you know who I meant. <laughs> Can't you just go with the number? Yeah, right. Yeah, following number nine. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, nine red, nine red. But he, I, I, I respect him for going for it like that. Yeah. I mean, it takes, takes a level of confidence. Uh, to to do yeah. something like that, I don't oh, know. Oh, absolutely, no. I I agree. I mean, it, it's a pet peeve of mine when when broadcasters cop out and don't attempt the names or take the time to learn. We're all allowed to occasionally butcher a name, but it's what I I just don't think like like if you obviously if you don't play by play or color or you're on the radio. You gotta take a stab at it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, <laughs> to hear Referees. the referee, yeah, like probably not he gets used a, to it. He gets a pass. No, he gets a pass. I'm not mad at the, the official. I'm really not. Actually, it's provided us with some wonderful. Oh entertainment. no, it's great. With exactly, we 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 found a use out of it. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, here's the Bears question I got from the eight four five. Is the eight four five a Chicagoland area code. There's so many more area codes now in Chicago than there used to be. It's like there's a new one every year. So I think let's just go with that. Let's say that that the 845 is Chicago. Hello, Mark. Were you surprised at the Bears, uh, or that, I assume the texture meant, that the Bears weren't aggressive enough in free agency? I was expecting them to do more. Rob from New York. Okay, we have it. Rob from New York. I was going to say, I just Google 845 is New York. There you go. I think I was typecasting because we have an 847, so I figured we had an 845. I, so that's, I thought it was Chicago, too. So Yeah. Yeah, there there are some Chicago area codes that I had no idea that I would have just assumed were like Sacramento or something like that. But anyway, no, I'm not surprised because Ryan Pohl said, told us, that he was going to be looking into the second and third waves of free agency, and that's exactly what he has done. I was more surprised when they made the offer to Larry Ogunjobi, and because that was more of a you know leaning towards second wave, like I'd, like Larry Ogunjobi was not like a massive splash, but it was a big deal. It was a it was definitely bigger than any of the guys 
that they have signed so far in the offseason in terms of impact. Like, we could have called Larry Ogunjobi an impact player, but now they have gone to the second and third waves. And then the other one, too, I think that was an earnest effort, is, you know, making a play for Ryan Bates, who ended up staying put in Buffalo. And, you know, that was a restricted free agent offer. But if you go through what the Bears have done in this offseason with Trevor Simeon and Lucas Patrick and Byron Pringle and, um, Justin Jones, El Kadeen Muhammad, Nick Moore, all these guys, those are second and third wave guys. So, um, no, I'm not surprised. And it's just kind of like, okay, all right. I don't know if I trust you or if I don't trust you because it's just so new. And like I said, like it's, it's, I don't, it's, it's very, it's fascinating to me when people have a really distinct opinion about what Ryan Poles has done. And I haven't heard a lot of them. But it and you shouldn't because it's just getting started. We don't really like, the splash move has not occurred yet, and they have not evaluated guys yet, including the guy that wears number one, Justin Fields. So all of that stuff is coming soon, and and we will see if if it does come to better fruition than it has right now. A few more more of your uh, text messages here three one two. 644-6767. We were talking about Jason Hayward earlier. Why wouldn't they just cut Hayward? He's a hole in the lineup, and he's not even a plus defender anymore in center. Well, it's not out of the question that they would do. I would be surprised because of the reverence that they have for him and the respect that they have for him. And no matter what happened with the with Rizzo and Baez and Chris Bryant, Jed Hoyer, had enough respect for those guys to put them all in favorable spots and in their, you know, temporary homes when they were traded last year. So I'd be shocked if they just cut him. And not to mention the fact it doesn't seem like the Cubs are in the 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 mode of eating big money. I just I mean, it happens and it's happened, but I don't see it. I don't see that happening. Um, Jays win the AL East, Dodgers the NL West, Cards the NL Central. All right, all right. We're going to do our picks here in just a couple minutes. Um, play the Masters Masters. Sorry, bad Metallica. Oh, <laughs> Masters, Masters. Doing a little Metallica right there. Got you, got you. 1999, we were talking about improbable Chicago Bulls. And we were kind of talking out loud about how long was John Starks here? Well, he was here for four games, was John Starks, and that is true. Uh, another texter asked me, do you remember Ed Neely? Do I remember Ed Neely? Come on. Big puffy white guy? Of course I remember Ed Neely. Oh, my God, another Ed Neely text. Um, I watched Ed Neely play for the Bonner Springs Braves Back in his high school days. All right. All right. Ed Neely, where are you now? Love it. 312-644-6767. When we return, let's go hardcore, man. We're going to do – Sean Sears and I are going to do our baseball pick. So you will find out where we have the Cubs and Sox landing, where we have every team in every division, who was our MVP, who is the Cy Young? We'll discuss, debate, and place. Coming up next on Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 